This is One Man's Family. family is dedicated to the mothers and fathers of the younger generation and to their bewildering offspring. Today transcribed, we present chapter 9, book 72, entitled, Dr. Thompson Opens Paul's Eyes. In the Barber family home at Seacliff at 7 o'clock on this brisk November morning, the downstairs lights are all ablaze. Father Barber, alarmed last evening by Fanny's unexpected illness, has spent a sleepless night. When she became ill at dinner time, he sent for Paul, who was dining with the new neighbors, Rexford Frome and his attractive sister, Christine Abbott. And though Fanny recovered quickly, refusing to allow her family to send for the doctor, Henry was not at all reassured about her. At the first hint of the pale, wintry sunrise, he got up, put on his robe and slippers, and felt his way downstairs. Restlessly moving from room to room, he finally made a hushed telephone call, and then repaired to the kitchen. For the last hour, he has busied himself alone there, in an unprecedented fashion preparing a breakfast tray for Fanny before Mrs. Kettleman had arrived. And now, tray in hand, he is beside the bed where Fanny is still sleeping peacefully. Fanny? Fanny, my dear? <clears throat> Fanny? Yeah. Uh, yes, Henry? Fanny? Yeah? Yes, Henry? I brought you breakfast on the tray. Well, what in the world? Why, Henry? Oatmeal, bacon and eggs, toast, well-buttered toast, and coffee and jam. You didn't get Mrs. Kettleman up and over here at this hour. I certainly did not. Mrs. Kettleman had nothing to do with this. Why, my dear. Yeah, why, there's no trick to it, whatever. You just read what it says on the boxes. Here, move over so I can put this on the bed. Oh, wait. Let me wake up. Henry, hand me my robe. You're going to stay right there in bed, Henry. Well, I've got to brush my teeth. I'm perfectly all right. I've never known you to make such a fuss. Yeah, let me put this tray down and I'll help you up, Fanny. There you are, my dear. Goodness. Oh, you shouldn't have sent for Paul last night, Henry. Getting everybody all upset. Here, let me help you with your robe. Then you're to go right back in bed, my dear. We can't have you ill, you know. We just can't have it. I, I wore it all night. I, I've sent for Fred Thompson. Henry Barber. I've as much need for a doctor as you do. Well, there's always a reason for these things, Fanny. I believe in a stitch in time. <laughs> Henry, you're an old alarmist. Um, but I must say it's very sweet of you to be so concerned about me. Yes? Is Mom feeling worse? Good morning, Clifford. Oh, hi, Mom, Dad. How are you? Well, I'm perfectly all right. But look... Your father made me a breakfast tray all by himself. Oatmeal and everything. Isn't that wonderful? I've got to brush my teeth. I'll be right back. Dad, she looks fine. What's up? Dr. Thompson's downstairs. I just let him in. Oh, he got here, did he? I should have called him last night when I wanted to. I didn't sleep a wink. I've never seen your mother give way as she did last night, Clifford. I... I've never been so frightened. But, Dad, she, she looks great this morning. But you can't let these things go on and on while your mother last night was desperately here. Well, we're going to find out the reason. Is Paul up yet? I haven't heard him. 
Gee, what a breakfast. Did you really fix that all by yourself? Certainly. Anyone who can read can make a breakfast. Now, you see that she eats it, Clifford. I'll go down and have a talk with Fred Thompson. You got the poor old boy up pretty early if Mom isn't really sick. Well, it's his business to be up early. I have a perfect right to call him. I'm worried, Clifford. I, I was awake all night, and now I'll go down to the doctor. Uh, please attend uh, to your mother, Clifford, and see that she eats. Uh, well, you don't mind sitting in the kitchen, Fred? I wanted to catch you before you left for the hospital. Here, here, have some coffee. I made it myself. I wasn't going to the hospital. I don't mind having coffee in the kitchen. And Henry, Clifford tells me Fanny's little flare-up last night was over in a very few minutes. Clifford doesn't know anything about it. And then you tell me. Sit down, sit down, Fred. Mm. Fanny's having a tray now. We'll go up afterward. Well, as long as I'm here. <clears throat> Thank you. All right, now, just what happened, Henry? Why didn't you call me last night if you were so worried? Because they all persuaded me not to. As soon as Paul got home, she seemed to feel better. And I let them talk me out of it. I regretted it, of course. I, I couldn't sleep. Why not? I didn't like the look on her face, Fred. I didn't like it at all. She was... she was gray. Ashen gray. Mm -hmm. And complained of a little pain here about her heart. And then all of a sudden, she lost consciousness. Well, almost anyway. I shouted for the family. I phoned Paul. Mrs. Kettleman did some first aid thing. And, well, the next thing I knew, they were all saying that she was well again. Yes, well, I... I got to thinking during the night if... If anything ever happened to Fanny, I... I don't know what I'd do, Fred. Yeah. And Paul was out somewhere, you say? Yes. And uh, you called him home? Yes. I was concerned for his mother. I see. Uh, where was he? At Frome's. Uh, where? He was at Frome's. Uh, don't shout at me. Frome's, hmm? Huh? Brother and sister. Uh, an interesting pair, Henry. Yeah, that's your opinion. Henry, you got to get more rest. And take your pressure after a while. You are jittery. Is that so? Well, you're not doing anything to help it. I'm paying the bills here and sending for the doctors. I want you to look at Fanny. Now, just keep your shirt on. Go right up. Uh, what's the Abbott girl's first name? I don't know. Christine, a widow. Uh, Christine Abbott, some such name. Ragtag and bobtail people, upstarts. Hmm. Paul's been seeing something of her, you say? I said nothing of the sort. But I presume by this time it's common gossip. He's been there morning, noon, and night. Yes, why... Why, he's addled about those people, Fred. Just addled about... Oh, haven't you had enough coffee? All right, Henry, all right. So where did you leave your little black bag? Right there, right there, I've got it. And there's your telephone. Yes, yes. Well, you go on up, Fred. You know where our room is. Clifford is up there. Yeah, Henry, you stay down here. Let me talk to Fanny alone. Hello. Uh, uh, hold on a minute, please. Uh, uh, Fred, I I'm to st stay down here? Yes. You'll just be in the way. Yeah. Hello. Oh, oh, Hazel. Huh? Well, she seems uh, better this morning. Uh, certainly I'm sure of it. Well, I, I've been very worried, Hazel, so I called Dr. Thompson. Yeah. We're going through something over here that's got us all on edge. Yeah, I'm talking about your brother, Paul. What's that? Oh, thank you, my dear, thank you. Yes, do come over. Bless you, Hazel. Goodbye. Hey, Dan, this tray's a flattering sight for a new cook. Huh? Look what the invalid did to that breakfast. 
Says it's the best oatmeal she ever tasted. Take a bow. <laughs> Two pieces of toast, all the bacon, both eggs, uh, most of the jam. She can't be very sick at that rate, you think? Wonderful, wonderful. Say, what's Dr. Thompson's car doing over here? Is Mom worse this morning? Huh? That's Jack. Betty and I looked out just now and saw the car, and I came right over. She's all right. Should have seen the breakfast she ate. Excuse me a minute, I'll take this train. Oh, Jack, I I'm very glad you came over. Your mother and I, we need the family about us these days. Gosh, what happened? Uh, Hazel just phoned. No doubt we'll hear from Claudia presently, and you're on hand, and Clifford has been up helping me. The only one who hasn't bestirred himself or displayed the slightest concern is your brother, Paul. Paul's in the doghouse, huh? I don't like that expression, Jack. I'm merely saying that it's ironical, isn't it, that the cause of all the trouble is up there at the top of the house, sleeping as peacefully as if he, as if he hadn't upset us as, as we've never been upset before in all our lives. Hey, do I need to catch up on something? You don't mean there's a general collapse just because Paul went over and had dinner with Mrs. Abbott. Jack, that's rather a facetious attitude. When I've worried all night long and finally felt compelled to call the doctor, well, at this very moment, Jack, Dr. Thompson is examining your mother to see just how serious her condition is. Breathe deeply, Sammy. Mm. Now, just breathe naturally. That's right. Now cough. <clears throat> oh, you can do better than that. I haven't a cold, Fred. Henry's just... Yeah, but you can cough, can't you? Now, let me hear you cough. <clears throat> hmm. Now, let me take your temperature. Open your mouth. I'm uh, perfectly all right. Hmm. Uh, it's always a pleasure to take your pulse, Fanny. Still have a perfect bedside manner. <laughs> yeah, I think that once I dreamt of going through life hand in hand with you, Fanny. Yeah. Now I settle for an occasional bedside visit, counting your pulse. Henry's probably listening at the keyhole. Henry's listening at the keyhole, you say? Ah, let him listen. This is little enough reward for a lifetime of devotion, Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, let me count. Hmm. Uh, you look quite well, Fanny. Uh, you say this um, illness of yours uh, struck you before dinner? Hmm. Uh, Paul was out, Henry tells me. Dining with Mrs. Abbott. Yeah, put that thermometer back in your mouth and keep it there. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Abbott. Mm. Lovely creature. Well turned ankle, nice bones. What's that, Fanny? Well, I didn't say anything. Huh? May I come in? You may not. Go away. How long has he been holding your hand this time, Fanny? <laughs> He always consumes more time taking your pulse than he does mine. There's nothing in my practice, Henry, quite so dull as holding your hand. Now, Fanny's, on the contrary, is... Fred, take this thermometer, read it. Do I have a temperature or not? <laughs> what does it say? Perfectly normal. Well, uh, what do you say is the trouble? I haven't said. Let's see your tongue, Fanny. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, ah. Ah. Uh... Now a high note. Ah. Uh... Ah! Uh, good throat. Oh, hello, Paul. Why, Paul, how long have you been at the door? Well, what's this all about? Nothing wrong, Paul. Just a checkup. Uh, Fanny, let Fred Thompson decide that. That's what he's here for. Well, she certainly looks fine this morning. Your opinion isn't of the slightest importance, Paul. The doctor will presently decide whether your mother is fine or not. Are you looking through me or past me this morning, Dan? Yeah. Now let's clear out of the bedroom and give Fred a chance to go to work. Henry, I don't need to go to work. There's nothing for me to do here but quiet you down. Huh? Fanny's fine. Nothing at all. You're sure? 
just as sure as I am that you're the one we've got to worry about. You're sicker than she is. I think you're running a pressure. No, 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 sit down. Huh? I said sit down. No, no, see here, Fred. Now I'll take your arms out of your robe. Come on, come on. I haven't got all day. Henry, do as he says. Really, your face is terribly flushed. <laughs> Just take your pressure. Now we're about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul. How are things at the airport? Oh, fine, Dr. Thompson. Here, Mom, let me straighten your pillow. I fixed it a moment ago. Thank you, Paul. Uh, have Mrs. Cadwin bring you something? Coffee or toast? Or... I made breakfast for your mother. Oatmeal, bacon, eggs, toast, coffee, jam. And I ate every bit of it. Yeah, what's this? Huh? What is it, Fred? Oh, that's an impossible blood pressure. Huh? Yeah, you lie down on that couch over there for a few minutes. I'll take it again. Ridiculous. I got you You do as I tell you. Henry, lie down. Yeah, I should have known better than to call a mule-headed yeah, pill peddler. That's it. That's it. Just lie quietly. Is it anything serious, Fred? Now, don't you get yourself worked up just because he's in a stew. Oh, stew, indeed. Mm. Uh, Paul, uh, why don't you go get the morning paper for your mother? Oh, I'll do just that, Doctor. I won't be long, Mom. Thank you, Paul. Now, let me try this pressure again, Henry. Mm. Feeling any better? I won't bother to answer that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is it? Uh, glad I don't have your nervous system, Henry. Never mind my nervous system. How's my blood pressure? Uh, it's all right now. I suggest that you get in under the covers and the two of you spend a long, quiet day counting your blessings. Our blessings? Yes. Not the least of which is your good fortune in keeping your family around you as long as you have. What do you mean by that? Oh, nothing, whatever. Ah, Paul. Our paper isn't so alarming this morning. Here you are. Thank you. Hazel's here. She wants to come up and see you. Mm, how nice. Your father's going to spend the day in bed, too. Nothing of the sort. But, Henry, Fred says you... Fanny, don't you recognize his grisly humor when you see it? A day in bed wouldn't do you any harm, you old curmudgeon. Get out. Go on. Get out, both of you. Thank you, Fred. Thank you for coming. I'll get Fanny settled down here now. Uh, tell Hazel to come up. <laughs> Goodbye, Fanny. You'll be wise to do what you're told. Thank you for coming, Fred. Uh, Goodbye. Some men have as little sense as a brain jackass. And don't forget to take your little black bag with you. Henry, shame on you. Just a second, Doctor. I'll be right with you. Well, there you are, Mom. The morning paper. Right fresh off the front lawn. Thank you. Mm, Paul. Yes? Uh, will you be home for dinner tonight? Why, yes, Mom. I rather imagine I will. Ooh. Well, you get some rest. Shall I close the door? Please, Paul. Say, uh, Doctor, would you step in here with me in the sewing room this way? Yes. I want to have a talk with you, Paul. Oh, excuse me a second. Oh, Hazel. Yes? Come on up. Mom's feeling fine. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Is Dr. Thompson still with her? Oh, good morning, Dr. Thompson. Good morning, Hazel. How's your family? Oh, hale and hearty, Doctor. The boys have become hockey fans. They go and sit in those cold arenas and never even catch a sniffle. Good, good, Hazel. Good for them. <laughs> You say mother's all right? Ship shape. Oh. Go on in and kiss your mother for me. And see if you can't make your long-eared father take care of himself. <laughs> well, I'll try, but he gets out of hand sometimes. <laughs> Good to see you, Doctor. Yes, Hazel. Yeah, here we are, Doctor. Sit down, won't you? Thank you. You in a hurry? Oh, not particularly. <clears throat> oh, you seem to find time with the barber, young'uns. <laughs> You're not much of a young'un anymore, though, are you? <laughs> Matter of fact, you got more gray hairs than your father. 
What's the matter? You worry a lot? You sure it's worry that gives you gray hair? I started pretty early, you know. Yeah, yes, you did at that. But uh, what's this about your father and mother and you, Paul? Well, first I thought there might be something you'd like to say to me that you didn't want to say to them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing drastic to worry about. Physically, your mother's about as sound as a woman her age could hope to be. Remarkably sound, in fact. Naturally, since she's had this spell, we'll watch her, and if there should be a recurrence, I might want to take her down to the hospital for a more thorough checkup. We'll see what develops. Oh, that's very reassuring. What was her trouble last night? Oh, frankly, I don't know. Could be a slight gastric disturbance. <laughs> Get up around your mother's age, you can't expect the machinery to function 100% all the time. Yes, I see. And I'm inclined to think that her trouble was mostly the result of an emotional upset. Um, I understand you were out for dinner and your father called you back home. That's right. Mm-hmm. Did you see your mother before you went out? Yes. How was she feeling then? Well, she wasn't herself. I mean by that, her nerves seemed to be a bit more on edge than is usual with Mom. I don't know why, unless it was that Dad and I had a little set to about the films. That's where I went to dinner. Yes. Been pretty attentive to that nice-looking young widow over there, I hear. Oh, I suppose you could call it that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does your mother think about this romance? <laughs> I don't need to ask about your father. Everybody knows how he feels. Yeah, seems to me that's about all he can talk about lately. Yeah, worse than a dog wearing a bone. But uh, your mother now, does she think this Mrs. Abbott is worthy of her boy, Paul? Why do you put it like that? Her boy, Paul? Well, you have been a pretty attentive son, living at home. And, Dr. Uh, Thompson, are you suggesting for one moment that there's a silver cord attachment between my mother and me? Well, you needn't jump down my throat. You want to know your mother's troubles? Well, that's so utterly ridiculous. Is it? Do you mean to tell me that that's Mom's trouble? That, uh, well, she's afraid I'll marry this girl? Could be. What's to prevent you from getting married? Well, nothing, I suppose. That's right. And if you did get married, that would mean that you'd leave home. You'd leave this place where you've lived all these years. Fanny wouldn't have you here to worry about you and fuss over you and... Well, Mom's never fussed over me. I live a very independent life up at the top of the house. But she knows you're here. But she's always encouraged me to get married. She thinks it'd be the best thing in the world for me. She said so time and again. And she really thinks she feels that way. But unconsciously. That's different. And her sickness last night was because I was over at the throne? Look at the evidence. As soon as you got back in the house last night, she felt better, didn't she? That's perfectly true. When you're home, the threat is gone. Mind you, your mother doesn't know this, and I could be wrong. You'll have to wait and see. If you continue to see this woman and Fanny continues to develop symptoms, then we'll know we're on the right track. Well, Doctor, I can certainly see the logic in what you've been saying. <laughs> uh, you in love with this girl, Paul? I think I am. Fine mess, isn't it? Can't even mention her name around Dad Mom. What do they want me to do? Stick up in that attic studio all my life? Oh, don't take it too hard, Paul. It'll work out all right. You've got too much character to let it get you down. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> Maybe a good blow-off would be good for you. I've got to get along. You come over and have a talk with me in a few days. Until we see how matters are shaping up. Yeah. Well, thanks, Doctor. Uh, don't forget, I'll be expecting to hear from you now. Okay. Bye. Bye. Mm. 
where do we go from here? Well, what's the matter with you? Oh, hello, Hazel. What's the matter, Paul? You're not worrying about Mother, are you? I just left her. She's fine. I think it was just some little upset. She's in there bright and happy as you please, trying to nurse Father now. Mm. Why, Paul, you seem distressed. What's wrong? Well, I think, Hazel, I'm all right. You sure? Have you had any breakfast? I'm going down now and get a cup of coffee. Well, I'll fix it for you. Come on. No wonder you're out of sorts. I'm impossible in the morning if I don't have a cup of coffee first thing. Come on downstairs. Well, you don't need to bother. I can get it. You'll do no such thing. I'm going to see that you eat a good breakfast. Well, Mrs. Kettleman is probably in the Mrs. kitchen. Mrs. Kettleman is up cleaning Cliff's room. Hey, you talking about me? How's Mom? Oh, fine, Jack. You and Cliff been holding a conference down here? Well, how are you, Paul Osak? Morning, Cliff. Jack. Dad come up and root you out of bed, Paul? No, I managed to make it all by myself. You sure was in a tizzy earlier this morning, grumbling about your still being in bed with Mom sick, and I don't know what all. Yeah? Well, I'm going in the kitchen and fix Paul some breakfast. I'll call you when it's ready, Paul. No, I'll come with you. I may even eat off the kitchen sink. Well, what's the matter with him? Looks like he got out of the wrong side of the bed or something. Yeah, kind of down in the mouth. Maybe Dad let into him. I wish you'd lay off of Paul and that girl. I don't think it's any of Dad's business. No, but Paul can't blame him for calling him away from his date last night. After all, Mom was sick. Oh, I didn't mean that. But Dad's been hammering at him ever since Frome's sister arrived. Mm, I thought it was Frome. Now he's on the sister, huh? Yeah, you know what's going to happen? Dad doesn't lay off. Paul's going to tear into Dad one of these days, and we'll have a regular battle royal. Really? Is it that bad? Mm, worse. I was kind of taking the whole thing as a joke. Paul's serious about this Mrs. Abbott? Well, he's certainly over there plenty. Serious enough to want to marry her? Gosh, that really would cause repercussions in the old homestead. I don't know what it might do to Nicolette. Well, Nicolette must know by this time that she and Paul will never get together. I don't know, Cliff. Oh, sure, I guess that's true, but as long as Paul doesn't marry anybody else, she might still think... Oh, I don't know. I can't even figure out my own life, let alone unscramble other people's affairs. But she must know by now that Paul's going out with this Abbott dame, doesn't she? Oh, sure. She kids about it and all that, but Betty says her face looks kind of sad and thoughtful and she thinks no one's watching. Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Certainly wish it had worked out. Nicolette would have been a swell wife for Paul. Well, of course, that's from our point of view. Maybe not, but I'll bet he'd be better off with Nicolette than he will if he marries into this Frome outfit. That guy is a phony for my dough. Well, he can't be a complete phony or Paul wouldn't like him the way he does. My sister could have a lot to do with that. Yeah, well, maybe. I'll string along with Paul's judgment regardless of what Dad says. After all, none of us really knows them except Paul. We're not in a very good position to judge. Except we know that Fro made a play for Claudia practically under Nikki's nose. That's enough for me. And look at Mom. If she's going to keep getting sick over what Paul's doing, I think he ought to watch his step. Yeah, but what about Paul? He's not young anymore. He's entitled to some happiness, isn't he? Yeah, but... Oh, that the telephone? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Hello? Oh, yes, which Mr. Barber? Oh, Paul, uh, just a minute, please. I'll get him. For Paul? Yeah, it's a gal, I think. I'll go tell him. He's right in the... Oh, here he comes. Just coming out to get you, Paul. You weren't on the phone. Oh, thanks. Who is it, they say? No, it's a woman. Oh, well, thanks a lot. Okay, Paul. Hey, let's get out of here. I don't think you'd appreciate us standing around listening. Okay, I wanted a chance to see Hazel anyway. Coming? Yes, good idea. Hello. Oh, hello, Chris. No, not at all. I just finished breakfast. Oh, she's perfectly all right this morning. 
Well, how's about it, Hazel? Got any coffee left out here in the kitchen? Oh, come on in. Yes, I think there's a cup or so. I can make some more if it isn't enough. Give it to Cliff. I don't want any. Really. Let me put a light under it. I was just about to do Mrs. Kettleman a good deed by washing up Paul's breakfast dishes. Did he go upstairs? No, he's on the phone. It's the gal. Paul's acting so strangely. He finished what little breakfast he ate and got up without saying a word to me and walked out. Didn't even say thank you. Oh, don't misunderstand me. I, I, I didn't want any thanks, but that's so unlike Paul. And he hardly said a word all the time he was eating. The guy's in love, sure enough, if he's acting like that. I'd say he was worried. I tried to find out what it was, but he just wouldn't talk. Can't be Mother he's concerned about. He knows she's perfectly all right now. She is now, yeah. But I don't know how long she'll stay that way if Paul keeps upsetting her by going over to that Frome house all the time. does seem a shame he has to spend so much time over there. Mother told me he's hardly home at all anymore. Well, no wonder Paul's clamming up. What? Why do you say that? Well, good grief, why can't the poor guy do as he pleases? Everybody's picking on him. I'm getting sick of it. If I was in Paul's spot, I'd move out of this house. Hey, Cliff. Clifford, you don't mean that. Well, heck, I don't. He's being torn every which way. Mom gets sick, Dad hammering at him, now the rest of the family starts climbing on him. And for what? Because he's found a girl he really likes? At long last, it looks like he might have found the one woman who can make him happy in what happens. Everybody starts pulling him apart. Now, just a minute, Clifford. You can't say that I... Oh, Paul, come on in. I was just going to give Jack and Cliff some coffee. Would you like some more? Oh, thanks, Hazel. I just realized I had walked out of here after my breakfast without thanking you. I'm sorry. It's a grand breakfast. Thanks a lot. You didn't have to come back just to thank me. After all, I enjoyed getting your breakfast. I don't know what I was thinking about, but I... Forgot you're out here, I guess. Probably because I'm used to Mrs. Kettleman getting my breakfast. Yes, I knew you were preoccupied. In fact, I was just telling Cliff and Jack that you were. Yeah, I guess that was it. Well, I've got to run along. I've got to get down to the airport. I'll see you later. So long, Take it easy. Bye. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, that was Mrs. Abbott who called me on the phone a little while ago. She just wanted to know how Mom was feeling this morning. I thought you might have surmised it was she and wondered how... She'd have the temerity to be calling me here where she's never been invited. I just thought you ought to know the reason for the call so there wouldn't be any misunderstanding about it. I'm sure she won't make a habit of it. I always arrange to call her to save her any embarrassment. Well, uh, I'm late. Thanks again for the breakfast. Hey, did you see his face? He was white. I've never heard Paul talk like that in his life. What's got into him to make him so grim? Did he think we were going to talk about her just because she called up here? He probably doesn't know what to think anymore. Can you blame him? Well, we haven't given him any cause to take his spite out on us. Look, didn't you hear what he said? What do you mean, Cliff? About her never having been invited here. Here he's shown everybody as plain as day that he's in love. And not one member of this family's had the courtesy to ask her over to meet her. Believe me, I'd burn too. You've just heard Chapter 9, Book 72 of One Man's Family. Written, produced, and transcribed under the direction of Carlton E. Morse. Chapter 10, entitled The Family Must Make Its Decision, will come to you next week at this same time.
happy Sunday, you'll want to stay tuned to NBC to hear a great lineup of entertainment. For real enjoyment and a million laughs, be sure to hear the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. It's great comedy. And then stay tuned for mystery and adventure with Sam Spade as he solves another of his famous capers. There's a happy time in store for you today on NBC, so keep tuned here. Now stay tuned for the quiz kids who follow immediately on NBC. NBC.